This is an exclusive presentation from Federated Media, Unholstered. Yes, finally, it is the weekend. Welcome on in here to Unholstered. My name is Kayla Blakesley, and I'm just one of your hosts here on Unholstered. Good morning, everyone. I'm your other host, Captain Sofia Rosales-Gatina from the Fort Wayne Police Department, and welcome back to Unholstered. For those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, this show is all about telling and sharing stories that don't often get discussed when it comes to law enforcement. If you've missed any previous episodes of Unholstered, you can download the Unholstered podcast anywhere you download a podcast. And let me just say, no topic is off limits. Nope. We've gotten into <laughs> some pretty dicey conversations here on the show. Today, I could see this going either way. I'm not really sure, Sophia, as, as we start to talk about a, a local referendum here. Um, Fort Wayne Community Schools, which is the largest school district that we have here in, in Northeast Indiana, they have approved, the schools board has approved a safety ref, referendum um, that's basically going to go on our November ballot. So who did you bring in to learn more about this? Well, I brought in um, a frequent flyer here. A very uh, familiar voice. <laughs> a very familiar voice, <laughs> nice. and we always get compliments when he's on because of his voice. Um, but I did bring on Deputy Chief Mitch McKinney, and I'll let him introduce himself again. Hey, thanks for having me again. Yes, Mitch McKinney, uh, Deputy Chief, Fort Wayne Police Department, and Director of Community Relations. And part of my duties is to make sure that we have our school resource officers with Fort Wayne Community Schools. Thanks uh, for having me. I always say to you, Mitch, that you know if the whole police thing doesn't work out, you definitely, <laughs> definitely could have a career in radio. <laughs> right on. I'll keep that, I'll keep that so in mind. So just, just for reference, though, we did, he just finished emceeing a, a event for McMillan Health this weekend, and everybody loved him. I think he got another job offer from there for emceeing <laughs> um, another okay. event. I was at an event not too long ago where Mitch was emceeing it as yeah. well, and I even made a Facebook post about it because I said, can you please come emcee our next event? I don't know what it's going to be, but can right. you just, just commit to emceeing yeah. it? He's very fun, fantastic. and he does a good job. <laughs> Thank you. He does a fantastic job. You actually, you do, you do wear a lot of hats, Mitch, and you do great work at all of them. I kind of want to hone in a little bit not so much on this, the fact that you kind of oversee the school resource officers, but that is going to play into this conversation today as we talk about this FWCS uh, safety, safety referendum. I feel like a lot of folks don't know much about this. I'm going to put my hand up and say self-included for that as well. But yet I feel like folks should know about this, uh, particularly because it's going to be on the November ballot. So just let's start from the very beginning. What is this referendum? How did it come to fruition? You know, working with Fort Wayne Community Schools, and again, it's the largest school corporation in the state of Indiana. Oh, we so have, not even in Northeast we Indiana. We have more kids in seats than Indianapolis. And it's one of those things where sitting with the cabinet, sitting with the professionals in Fort Wayne Community Schools and listening to them, they came up with their acronym of SAFER, which is for Student Advocates, Advanced Security, Family-Friendly, Education-Centered, and Responsible. And it's not just about gun violence in our schools across the nation. It's about how do we prepare these young these young children for education and for success. And that's to make sure our schools are safe, our teachers are safe, our staff are safe, and that they have safe classrooms and we have other people in line and other technology in line to make sure that our campuses are safe. Okay, can you walk me through SAFER and just start with the S, break it all down for us? Sure. You know, the student advocates are really important, and it's something that's really new, and they're actually doing a pilot program right now at Southside, and it's working well. And one of the groups that's really helping with this is the Peacemakers, and Angelo Monte and Chris Lahr. I was able to work with them and watch how these kids come through and help other kids to know that there's other ways that they can deal with violence or things that are happening with them. 
but there will be adults that are hired to come into the buildings and they'll be assigned to the buildings to take care of being present in the hallways taking care of securing doors, and if there's a disruption in the classroom, to assist the teacher to pull that disruption out of the classroom so that kids can continue to learn and the problem can be taken care of in a proper location of the school. Okay, so I just want to make sure I'm understanding this Mm -hmm. correctly. A student advocate, which is the S of SAFER here, Mm -hmm. part of this plan, is someone that the school will hire outside of the school. So it's not another administrator or or janitor or whatnot in the school. It is someone you're going to hire from the outside, bring them into the school, and their sole job is to, I'm going to use the word monitor, and then step in if and when called upon? Correct. And it's also when they're not called upon, they'll see things on their own. They'll be able to engage in the cafeteria, in the hallways, when classes, they're passing hour to hour. They'll be able to see, they can understand, they make relationships with those kids. And I believe we're going to see as this goes along, and as more kids are going through the school, that they'll recognize these advocates year after year, and they'll understand the relationships that are being built between the adults and the students. So if I'm the teacher in, in a classroom, and Mitch, you're being a little bit rowdy, you know, pretty common yeah, for, for you, for Mitch. Him. You yeah. know, um, <laughs> and Sophia is our hired student advocate. Do I, you know, press my little intercom or pick up my classroom phone and say, "Hey, can you send student advocate Sophia to my classroom? Mitch is being rowdy or something." Is that absolutely just okay. call for a student advocate to come come to the room and they'll come to the room gotcha. and they'll help you take care of and just take care of the disruption in the classroom. And that way, you're not pointing out the student in the classroom. You know, you're getting the student somewhere where they can self-regulate, and that all goes to the mental health of not only the student that may be having trauma that day, but to the teacher so they can keep teaching and the rest of the students in the classroom so they can focus on higher education, which is what our goal is for yeah, our man, kids. Yeah, man, I mean, what a concept. You hit the nail on the head. So the teacher can continue teaching and try and avoid, you know, a student picking up, this is a real story that just happened in the news this past week, picking up a metal desk and throwing it at the teacher. Yeah. Correct. You know, yeah. Absolutely. Those things happen, Yeah, obviously. I think this, that this whole program, to me, sounds like a nice mentorship. Mm-hmm. Someone that's not a teacher, not affiliated with the authority, but can make a relationship with that child and kind of figure out what the emotional part of it is. And maybe they just need someone to talk to. Maybe they need someone to step into that parental role where they kind of adjust attitudes a little bit like a mom or dad would do. And maybe that's something they don't have because we've talked previously on other shows in our SRO system that that's kind of what the SROs become. They become that parental figure, that mentor figure for these students who might not have that at home in their family structure. How many school resource officers... uh do you have within Fort Wayne Community Schools? So it's the title that confuses people. So assigned school resource officers for us for Fort Wayne Community Schools is six. And they're in six of our middle schools, though we are building that to eight with one supervisor. So there'll be nine in January. However, we have... SSOs, which are school security officers, that officers come in and work part-time details for the schools. So we have plenty of those officers all across the city that do that work that have to be school resource officer trained coming up here next year as part of legislation that went through this last year. So it's kind of hard for people to wrap around that. But as far as on payroll, Fort Wayne Community Schools with Fort Wayne Police Department, we have six Okay. For the larger school corporation. I say, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like a lot to it's me. Not. It's not. Um, it's not. So to some degree, these, these student advocates, they're kind of like, they're obviously not SROs, not even close. They're very different, but it's just, it's just kind of another layer of that protection because by the sounds, we don't have the money and perhaps the manpower to employ enough SROs, even though we could want to. We could want to employ all the SROs you know, exactly right. out there. But exactly right. Got it. Okay. 
how's the pilot program? So you said it was at it was implemented already at Southside. At Southside, correct. How's that going? When was it implemented? How's it going? So they implemented beginning of this year, but Peacemakers has been doing their peacemakers things last year. So it's slowly just bringing things together a little at a time. Did a pilot program over Thanksgiving at uh, Northside, worked well. And, you know, Southside's got everything together. And that peacemakers program is going to be in every high school. And that's huge, too, to know that you have the kids involved with dealing with their own age group on how they can handle things that are bothering them. I love that. Trauma-informed care at their level is huge. And they can relate to one another. They'll talk to one another. And they feel safe with the adults, as Sophia just said, that are mentoring them through these problems and know that things are going to be okay. And then they're doing well there. And Southside is a very diverse school. And there's a lot, that's a huge building if no one's ever been there. Mm-hmm. It's a big facility. And to know that you have advocates that are in every section of that building, walking through, checking hallways, making relationships with these kids, that's what's going to make this work. Okay, let's keep moving through the acronym. What's up? Uh, what's after safety advocate? So the A is for advanced security. And right now part of that advanced security is not only the student advocates but also um, gun detection and um, technology we use that at Northside we have it at Southside now it'll be in all secondary schools so middle school and high schools you know and the big part about that is the fact of the matter that um, I'm sure you guys have talked about it before and I remember an episode where you talk about the schools have the right of who can come onto their property with what weapon on their property Correct. and we have to keep those schools those schools safe and so we uh, they have those detections there just to make sure that folks aren't just walking in with weapons there and that we know who's coming in we unfortunately had young kids bringing weapons into schools. You know, we had nine last year that came came walking into schools that had weapons. And so, yeah. And then, you know, other kids said something. And that's through a program that one of our, our employees takes care of at Safety Village with the Eddie Eagle program. This child saw the gun, got an adult, told wow. the adult. The adult went and saw it, and the adult took care of it. It happened down at the courthouse as well. You know, it's just I've having, heard that one, yeah. having those programs with the kids knowing what to do when they see a firearm is part of that as well. So these weapons detection systems, are we talking like metal detectors here? Correct. No different than when you walk okay. into a Pacers game. All right. No different. Yeah. You know, it's a full Garrett system. You walk in, it'll detect, and there, there's signs posted before you even get to the door to let you know that there's no weapons allowed in this facility. So it's no again, it's no different than going into a sporting event. I have no problem with that. I know that some people do, though, because they get, um, I don't know, they get upset, I suppose, that their that their child's school looks, you know, looks daunting or looks scary or what have you. But you're saying these are just going to be middle schools and high schools, right? Correct. So we're not talking elementary age students here. We're talking a little bit of an older that's absolutely right. I just think that's important to point out. But this is yes. just the reality of where we are. It is. Right? I, I wish, too, we lived in this world where we didn't have to have these things. And I wish that we didn't have to have police officers. And I wish we didn't have to have, you know, trauma centers for violence that, that becomes, you know, part of our just ingrained in our society these days. But but we don't. We live in reality. This is, or we have to live in reality. We don't live in a utopia anymore. And we need to start thinking about safety and security first and starting with our children. 
Let's keep moving because we've got still a few more letters to get through here. <laughs> right. I've, I've got so, so many questions still. What's the F? So the F is for the family friendly because we don't want to. We want to make sure that we know that the families are included with everything that's happening in our schools. And you know, part of that student advocate program, part of the peacemakers. I love the part at Southside. They have Grammys and Grannies and Grampies. So they have <laughs> they have our seniors coming in there, and these are with the kids. And some kids don't know their grandparents, and they've adopted these these folks that come in and they come in all the time and it really helps out but it's it's they welcome the school visitors and you know right now the uh, again the alive peacemakers they looked at they changed the culture of the school to sit there and watch how these kids interact with the with these senior citizens and to see them sit there and start their day with someone who loves them and then so they cool. move on to their classroom, and you see a different attitude in that hallway. You see a totally different attitude. And they've, they're doing a great program, and it's working for us. So, okay, so the F is... Family-friendly. But is that how they will... What they're going to do, for example, like this grannies and... and grandpa's is that what they're how they're going to do that or is there other ways to implement family i think there'll be a lot of things going on just so that we can have a message of nonviolence with our kids so they have an adult they have a mentor they can talk to and they're the families are always welcome they have a lot of things that come in you know they have parent teacher nights they have times when parents can come in for different programming that happens but just to know that the atmosphere there is good for the families and for the families to know back to the a that we have advanced security we mm-hmm. have exterior door locks we have classroom monitors we have interior door monitors with this electronic system that's happening in the schools that you're coming into a secure place as well with your ch- with your child. Yeah, that's important. I mean, I mean that that partnership between the families and the schools. That's I mean, that is a make or break of any school. It is parental and family involvement. And there have been studies that show that these elder to young child or young children programs work. There are studies, and I've I've heard them on podcasts, and I have them cited in a in a piece of PowerPoint that I do a presentation on that that it calms the children it gives those children with lack of familial ties something and someone to care about them other than a, a gang or something like that and it changes kids that don't have those kinds of relationships so bringing the family in like I said if you have family involvement in a school you will see a higher success rate of the students at that school both educationally and behaviorally Okay, that's a big one. All right, E. Education-centered. So, obviously, we're talking about our schools. You know, people think education should be first. Well, it doesn't make a great acronym. No. So, when, when you're coming through, when you walk through and you watch the teachers engage with the students, and you know that they want to make sure that the students are moving on to the next level and that they're successful. We get invited into schools all the, all the time when we come through and just to sit there and watch how they're engaged in the classroom, all of these pieces together is gonna to help that just rise up to a different level. And that's the important part I feel with this referendum is that everything's still maintained, focused on the child, making sure that they are moving forward grade to grade successfully. And we know that right now we are struggling academically. We have children in seventh grade that are at reading and doing math on a first and fourth grade level. I mean, that is just something that's really a hot topic right now. It's just our kids are woefully behind. And I think if you give the teachers the time to actually teach what they need to teach, Mm -hmm. we're going to see 
progression here, which we desperately need. Man, I'm with you, Mitch. Too bad that acronym couldn't begin with the E. <laughs> you know, I, I'm with well, you. I think that's one, one of the most... big things Dr. Daniel pushes, and I listen to him on each one of the meetings we've had. And we've had several over the last. So you've couple actually of years. been in for all these meetings. Correct. On this... okay. Yes, I've sat on all those meetings. Is the mental health of the child, the mental health of the teacher, and really having those mental health professionals in Fort Wayne Community Schools that can help them both. Mm-hmm. If there's something that's bothering them, that they have someone to go to so that they can the kids can help self-regulate and get themselves back in the classroom. We don't want to keep them out of a classroom. We don't need children going to alternative learning. We need them to know that you can self-regulate and get yourself right back into your seat Amen. that belongs to you in that classroom so you can get the same level of higher We need learning. this for some adults, too, teaching Oof. them how to self-regulate. Absolutely. Right? But what Absolutely. I love about the Peacemakers program is that they're teaching these kids conflict resolution and no one teaches that. I mean, no. we go through our whole lives and no one ever teaches us how to do that. So I, I love that they're starting at an early age teaching them these tools and they can teach other kids these tools which carry on and are just going to make it's going to make a better, brighter future for everybody. Yeah, you know, I'm not. Even, I'm not even going to lie, and maybe you could both sense it when you first walked in here. I don't know. When we started talking about this, I wasn't sure where I stood on this. To be honest, I was kind of like, yeah. hmm. Well, okay, we'll see, Mitch. We'll see what you got. <laughs> All right. But well, because you you hear it and you're thinking it's just about guns and it's about this, and it's not. It's about the whole package, the emotional well-being of the students, the teachers, mm-hmm. because we know our teachers are struggling too. I mean, everyone's struggling right now, so we need to find ways to combat that. And the way we do that is through emotional uh, health and start there. And then this other stuff comes into play. Yeah, I mean, we haven't hit the R yet. I don't even know what the R is, <laughs> and I'm already really buying into it. So with that, what is the R, Mitch? So the R is for just responsible. It's being responsible with the tax dollars that Fort Wayne Community Schools is asking for and knowing that those dollars are going to be spent wisely and to look at all the things, all the points they're making. And, you know, you can go to saferfwcs.com, you know, to pick up all of that information and just to know that this is a level of responsibility that everybody who's involved in taking a piece of this in the groups at the table are coming back with information. They've researched their data. They know what's important for kids and to know that we can make Fort Wayne Community Schools even stronger. If you back up to, was it 2010, 2012, 2016, three different referendums to make sure that we had better schools. We Mm -hmm. paid for the construction of our Mm -hmm. schools. So why wouldn't we take the same effort in 2023 to make sure that those schools are safe and those kids have a safe place to be and family-centered and responsible education for our kids? You know, one of my questions was going to be, which, which you kind of answered it, was, you know, was the Fort Wayne Police Department involved in putting together this plan? But you're saying you were there lockstep for all of the meetings, Mitch. So then were you obviously kind of giving your expertise? Were they asking for it? I mean, how did that partnership work? You know, for me, it was when Chief Reed asked me to step in for the meetings for him, it was for me to just gather data on okay. my own with what I already work with the Fort Wayne Community Schools to gain understanding on what they were saying and to make sure to report that back to the chief and ask him, hey, where do you see us in this compared to what we already have. And we're already doing the same work. Our school resource officers, our mentors, they're always law enforcement officers, but they're mentors to these kids. If they're not there for the day, the next day they come back, those kids are ready to get them because the kids miss them mm-hmm. when they're not there. They, they've made those relationships oh, year sweet. after year. They want to see them. They come talk to them when they have problems. So we've had an established program for quite some time. So, I mean, when it comes to this referendum, though, specifically, is there a certain presence or role that the Fort Wayne Police Department will have in it? 
I think our role is the same as we have now. It's just increasing our school resource officers mm-hmm. because part of that referendum is paying for that, and they're going to be paying for training for school security officers to get their school resource officer certification to 40-hour certification with continuing education, but this referendum will pay for that. And Fort Wayne Community Schools has part of the payroll for the school resource officers, and with this new referendum, would have monies in place to add even more. Hmm. But you can put the money in the spot, but if we don't have the people, you know, on the department to fill it, yeah, yeah, we're not just going to fill it with people we don't have. We have a city we have to take care of as well. What is this going to cost the taxpayer in Fort Wayne Community School District? You know, for the district, uh, it's basically the referendum would, would let the district collect up to $12 million annually through additional property taxes. Most of those dollars would support about 90 staff positions, including additional school resource officers, mental health therapists, uh, and a new role focused, again, like we talked about uh, with the advocacy uh, program. But what is that per taxpayer? Let's break that down because that's what people really want to know. So the estimated uh, maximum cost is $76 a year, an amount based on the district's average homestead property value, uh, shows about $167,325. Uh, it also assumes Fort Wayne Community School will assess a tax levy with the maximum rate of $0.10 cents per $100 in assessed value. And you can find that on the journalgazette.net. They did a full report on it for us, and we were very happy they did that. But break it down individually, the average taxpayer would see a smaller increase next year, about $54, um, because FWCS has uh, budgeted $7.2 million spending plan with a $0.06 cent tax rate. So Hmm. basically, they're breaking it down to not to get hung up on the referendum language because the estimated annual cost is $76 for the average Fort Wayne Community School home. That's about $6 monthly, the cost of a drink at Starbucks. I think at the end of the day, truly, like both sides of the aisle, everybody just, they want their kids to be safe, right? Like we could all agree on that. Absolutely. I, I would like to think that everyone would also be willing to spend... Let's let's round up and call it eighty dollars a year, okay? Yeah, let's let's call it that. Eighty dollars a year, if that means even even if there's just a glimmer of hope this that this might work, that that this might be helpful. Yes. I think we could all agree it's worth eighty dollars a year, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. For as much as we spend on other things, I think eighty dollars a year is is so not that much. Us three can agree on that. Yeah. But um, will the voters? Will the voters? So yeah, Mitch, this gets this referendum will appear on on the November ballot. It will. Can I ask you what kind of feedback thus far y'all have received? You know, for me, in talking to folks, you know, I get positive feedback because obviously I'm around a lot of the folks and that are kind of, with kind the of schools. scary and big, so people might not want to tell you the truth. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> exactly. Tell that man what he wants to hear. But, you know, in, in working with Matt Schiebel, mm-hmm. you know, who's been with the Fort Wayne Community Schools for, for a long time, and he's put a lot of work into this as well. And you'll see him on journalgazette.net being quoted. And he says, schools are basically, in my opinion, a reflection of our of your community. If you want a safe community, part of that is you want safe schools. And as a taxpayer, that's the kind of thing I want my taxpayer dollars going toward. Amen. Well yeah. said. I think that's a, that's a great way. It ends It ends the article that they put together. And to me, that rings true. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, we can't sit to the after effect that something happens, you know, in our community. Mm-hmm. And if we're not looking at the things that have just happened recently at Glenbrook Mall, well, you know what? We have schools really close to Glenbrook Mall. Yes, we do. 
And we, we have to make sure that our schools are hard targets, but inside that we have a safe place for our kids to learn. You and know, and to kind to of teach. piggyback off that, too, because I hear this a lot, at least in my line of work. Um, a lot of listeners on my radio program, they don't have kids or their kids are, are adults. You know, they've already graduated. They're, they've moved to other states. You know, they're like, well, I don't even have kids in the school system. I don't want my taxpayer dollars going to that, so on and so forth. But to piggyback off of that quote there, you know, our schools are a reflection of our community. On top of that, the kids who are in the schools right now, they are our future doctors. They are our, our future financial advisors. They are our future senators and congressmen and women. I mean, they are the people who are going to be making decisions for us when we're in our 70s, 80s, or 90s. So for someone who has this attitude of, I don't want to pay the $76 a year, I would really encourage people to see it that way, to see, again, these schools are, yes, a reflection of your community, but even bigger than that, that these are our future decision makers. They're our future leaders, which... Nurses and CNAs are going to take care of you in the nursing home. Exactly. You know, all these things. And I think that's a pretty... selfish way to think about things because there's a that. lot of things i don't want to pay for with my tax mm-hmm. dollars um you can see that the the gridlock that we have and we're still paying people's wages mm-hmm. um even when they're not working so there's a lot of things i don't want to pay for but we do we do so out of necessity because that's our duty um you know i don't like taxes as much as anyone i'd like to bring home all my money but i know that the things and i'm not even in fort wayne community school district i'm in a separate district yeah but i I. would fund this i have i have i have said yes to every referendum that my school district has put forward Mm -hmm. i've said yes now granted i have a couple kids that were in school at the time but i would still say yes even if i didn't because like you said these are our children Mm -hmm. these are someone else's children but i feel like they're mine too this is my community that's right. And I'm tasked with safeguarding the entire community, and that means children, too, and their safety. So um, I'm all about kids and family. Um, that's where our tax dollars should be focused, and make, raising healthy, emotionally well children is worth every dollar spent. We've only got like 60 seconds, but I still really want to ask both of you this, cause, and I've been dying to, and I want honest answers from both of you. Of course. You. With and, and I want like a prof, like from with your pe- professional opinion, you're both in the schools a lot. You've got kids. Do you really think that this program will make a difference? Absolutely, absolutely. I do too, and I'd like to see it expand um, more than this. But I think this is a good place to start, and I would like to see this be the. Um, mark for the entire nation to look at and be like, man, Fort Wayne is Wouldn't doing that be it. Something? Wouldn't and that we're be doing cool? it well. And I think that we can be with the proper usage of this funding um, that they're asking for. I think we can we can make that happen. Has there been talk of that, Mitch? I mean, if this is successful within Fort Wayne community schools, that this potentially could breach out, you know, Southwest Island. Northwest. I mean, is there oh, talk it's the, about it's the exact thing that we talked about? It's, it's yeah. going to be it's going to be a national model, you know, and they can find out more about it at saferfwcs.com, Instagram, saferfwcs2023 or saferfwcs. I can find them on Facebook. And I just want to point out too, on the November ballot, ballot November 7th, 2023 yes. is coming up. Yes. I mean, it'll be here before we know it. So folks who do live it within this district. Yeah. And we talk yeah. about it all the time. Yeah. Local elections matter. Yeah. These things yes. matter. So you have to get out there and you have to vote. Fort Wayne is growing at an astronomical rate. We cannot leave our children in our schools behind. Amen, sister. Well said. If you've missed any previous episodes of Unholstered, where Sophia and I talk about just that, <laughs> uh, you can download the Unholstered podcast anywhere you download a podcast. Just search for Unholstered. Your town, your team, your topics. This is Unholstered. Thanks for listening to Unholstered. 
Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search Unholstered. Podcasts by Federated Media.